fruits of the Spirit. The last one that we are discussing today is self-control. Uh, we're going to be focusing on the second lesson, 2 Peter chapter 1, which was read earlier. Allow me just to read a, a few of the verses that we're going to be focusing on. Starting at verse 5, it says this, For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of our Lord. A man who has been a man who has been smoking for the last 20 years holds his last pack of cigarettes over the garbage can and swears that he will never smoke again. And since he has already made the conscious decision to never smoke again, he figures, well, he might as well have one last one just to give himself a, a, a bit, a, a moment of happiness. An alcoholic whose life seems to be falling apart because of his struggle, his, his family, his job, his entire life, he finally decides to go to AA, an AA meeting, and he almost completely stops drinking. So he goes out with a couple of friends for a couple of drinks and realizes that he can't stop at a couple of drinks. A person who is going through a divorce gains a lot of weight and says that she can only find happiness through the food that she eats, but also realizes that she can't be happy if she continues to eat the way that she has been. And a person has had for a very long time the good intention, the good intentions of getting up early before work and exercising and reading through their Bible, and yet the person can't seem to make it more than one day in a row. It's a, it's a frightening thing that the greatest enemy that we seem to face on a daily basis is not the evil in this world, it's not even Satan himself, it is ourselves. Fruit of the Spirit that we are considering today, our last one in this sermon series, is self-control. Being able to control self. Being able to say no to your own carnal desires, your sinful nature. Being able to shut it off. And each and every one of us struggles with that in a different way. And probably in numerous ways. Whether it's alcohol, or food, or TV binge-watching, or working too much and not spending time with your family or spouse, or not working enough, and spending too much time with family and spouse, laziness. We all struggle in some way with this carnal desires, our own sinful self, self-control. Why is that? What is the struggle that we deal with? Where does it come from? I was reading a book this past week called Science, the science of self-control. And this is what it said about it. It said, that this quote, this simple quote, human happiness is inseparable from self-control. See, our sinful nature will do anything for a moment of pleasure. Our sinful nature cannot look past the now, the here and now, and that present possible happiness to think about the consequences in the future. It cannot do it. 
whether it's a sugary treat or a sexual temptation, it doesn't care. It doesn't even consider the future long-term consequences. It isn't concerned about long-term happiness. It's not even concerned about eternal happiness. It is concerned about the present happiness. That's all it can think about. And so it's willing to sacrifice and put on themselves a lifelong dealing with guilt, breaking up a family, breaking up a marriage, destroying your own job, all for that one temporal, momentary place. And we get that from our great-great-grandmother, Eve, who had everything, everything she could possibly want, a perfect marriage, a perfect life, perfect holiness. And she threw it all away for a piece of fruit. For the possibility that maybe this could give her even more happiness, even more pleasure. She believed the devil's law. She believed that she could have more happiness, greater happiness. And she was willing to sacrifice everything for that one moment Why would she do something like that? You see, we, we ask the question, why would Eve do something like that? Why would she do something as silly as trading it all in for a piece of fruit, that moment of pleasure? But we have to ask ourselves the same question. We struggle with the same thing. To, to throw away so much for you fill in the blank. And what I want to do today is I, I want to get to the heart of of the problem. And the Apostle Peter, in this lesson, he starts off by talking about what is ours. He wants you to be sure that you know what is yours. And I love what he calls it. He calls it everything. He has given to you, your Savior has given to you everything. This is what he says, going back to our verses here. Uh, verse 3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him. That is, he says that you have everything that you could possibly need for this life and the next life. He has given to you the forgiveness of sins, which cannot be made better, which can't be more complete. He has given to you life in heaven, a happiness that cannot be improved on. He has given to you his presence, that you never have to suffer from loneliness in any way possible. He has given you everything that you are never wanting or lacking. He has made you a child of God, a rich God, who has given you an inheritance so that you can say that you lack nothing. Nothing at all. So why do we still struggle? Why do we still struggle? Why do we feel this lack of contentment at times? Why do we feel that we want more than everything, and even willing to throw away everything for that something. Where does it come from? The question sounds as silly as why would he throw away everything for that piece of food? We ask ourselves that same question. When we get to the heart, what I want to do today is I want to get to the heart of the issue. What, what really is a lack of self self-discipline. What really is going on? Our, our sinful nature, our carnal desires, they cannot look past 
the moment. They don't care about anything else, and they're willing to sacrifice. Our sinful nature is willing to sacrifice it all. So it's willing to give in to a momentary sexual pleasure, even if it means risking your entire family, even if it means sacrificing your faith life, because what happens when a family is torn apart? Your faith is going to be affected too. It is willing to sacrifice and say no to, to your desires, to exercise, say no to food, whatever it may be. And it doesn't care about the fact that if we don't exercise, if we don't eat right, we could very well suffer from depression, and that could affect our faith. It's not thinking about that. And our sinful nature doesn't mind if we are a workaholic or an alcoholic. It's not thinking about the fact that, that those problems in your life and in your family are going to overpower the more important needs that you have in your life, like family devotions and Bible study, which will affect your faith. You see, our sinful desires, our sinful nature is always in contact, is always in contrast with our spiritual life. Always. That's why... In our gospel reading for today, Jesus said this, and you heard it read earlier. He says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Being able to deny self, say no to self. Because self so often is in contrast to what's best for your spiritual life. The Apostle Paul, in our verse of the day for today, this is what he says. He says, I beat my body and make it my slave. Jesus, Paul, and Peter all understood the importance of self-control, being able to say no to those sinful desires, those carnal pleasures, those momentary pleasures. And yet our sinful nature at times sends us on a wild goose chase to fill this void in our body for more and that void will never be filled by the stuff of this world. It can never be filled by anything that this world offers. But you're right that there is a void. There is a void that we all feel. You see, our Savior, he gave to us everything. The Apostle Paul mentioned that before. He gave to us everything that we could possibly need. But the void that we feel goes all the way back to that time in the Garden of Eden and the image of God was broken in us. That connection with God, our purity, our, our holiness was broken and crushed. And our Savior, He has given to us everything through His death and the resurrection. He has given to us the promise of the forgiveness of sins, and it's ours. He has given to us the promise of heaven, and it's ours. And He has given to us the promise of the restoration of the image of God someday, but it's not ours yet, and we feel that void. This is a difficult verse, but I want you to look at it. This is verse 4 in our lesson. It says this, Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. He gives to you his great and precious promises in only one place, his word and sacrifice. And just consider for a moment what those great and precious promises are. The forgiveness of sin. 
yours. Despite the fact that you may feel guilty, he promises that it's yours. He promises that heaven is yours. Despite the fact that you may feel undeserving, it's yours. He promises that he is with you. Despite the fact that you may feel alone, despite the fact that you may feel like you have to get through these difficult moments by yourself, he promises that he's with you. And he promises that through word and sacrament, the image of God is slowly being restored in you. He talks about it in this way. He says, when he says, participate in the divine nature. That's referring to the image of God that's being restored in each and every one of you. And one day will be completely restored in heaven. The image of God being restored in us. Participate in the divine nature. You've seen those cartoons before where there's a little devil on one shoulder and a little angel on the other shoulder. And they're both telling the opposite of what the person should do. That is the struggle that's going on inside of us as we wait for this process. We call it the process of sanctification, restoration of the image of God inside of us. And until that day comes when we are finally in heaven, this struggle is going on. And how can we say no to self? How can we allow that little angel on our shoulder to shout louder than the little devil on our shoulder? How can we win those battles? Well, he gives to us, he allows us, he says, to participate in the divine nature. And understand what it means. And I'm going to use an analogy that isn't the best one, but I'm going to use it anyway. The legend of Hercules. You've heard of the legend of Hercules. He was supposedly half God and half man, son of Zeus and also the son of a human woman. And the man in this world stuck out because of his great, powerful strength, because he was, after all, half God. Well, we aren't half God, we aren't part God, but we do participate in the divine nature. And therefore, we have super strength, spiritually speaking, to control self. We are able to shut it off. We don't have to listen to those carnal desires anymore. That is the power of word and sacrament working inside of us constantly. That voice, that little angel, gets louder and louder and louder, shutting off finally our sinful self. See, the Apostle Peter wrote this letter to some people who were lazy in their faith. And he wanted them to to understand that spiritual growth does not simply happen like physical growth does. You know, we each were born with a pituitary gland and, and at a certain point in your life, the beginning part of your life, you just automatically grow because of that gland. But our spiritual life isn't like that. We don't have that. And God does not do for you what he has enabled you to do grow spiritually. And so he comes to us. And and he says this. Well, we've been talking today about not being, about our inability to be content with the everything that God has given to you. He says there is one area in your life in which you should not be content. He says this. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith. And he lists a number of things which sound very, very similar to the fruits of the Spirit that we've been talking about for the past month, those fruits of the Spirit from Galatians. 
But he says this here in 2 Peter. He mentions goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. Now look at what he says afterwards. And and this really serves as a great wrap-up for a sermon series on the fruits of the Spirit. Listen closely what he says. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now what does that mean? It means that while your faith was first and foremost for you, to benefit you, it was never meant to only benefit you. You have the opportunity now to be a blessing to your family and friends. You have the opportunity to please God. You have the opportunity to be an example in this community through the fruits of the Spirit. You have the opportunity to help some Christian out who is suffering with self-control, maybe in a similar area where you suffered at one time, where you struggled. You have the opportunity to pray for others. You have the opportunity to make an eternal difference in people's lives so that they can focus on the big picture of happiness, the long-term happiness, the eternal happiness, rather than the short-term temporary pleasures. Because there will come a day when you and many others, as Peter says in the last verse of our lesson, will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Until that day, don't just be Christians on the inside. Allow your faith to blossom and bloom and bear forth love, peace, patience, and kindness, and gentleness, and self-control. We pray. Lord God, we ask you to help us show the world the fruits of the Spirit in us, because we know that when they see the fruits of the Spirit, they they see you. Help us fight against our sinful nature, and we pray as St. Augustine did, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. Help us to always keep our eyes focused on that day. Amen.